0: Welcome back to the program. It's Kelly and company. Kelly McDonald here. Ramya Muthan. She's at the home studio in Toronto. I'm here in London, Ontario. We appreciate wherever you are listening in around the world, maybe on tune radio or OO tunes or radio player, Canada, awesome apps. I might add in which to listen to AMI audio. We appreciate however you're doing it. You joining us, but remember take in the show as well. Via the podcast, simply subscribe using your favorite podcatcher, listen to the show in segment form, or the complete Kelly and Company podcast experience, available to you on your favorite podcast platform. As mentioned, Ramya Amuthan, and I'm Kelly McDonald.
1: We have lots of talk of initiatives on today's show, Kels, and this next one is called Face Equality International. Face Equality International is an alliance of worldwide NGOs devoted to ensuring that the facial difference community can live freely without indignity or discrimination. And we're going to be speaking with Chief Executive Officer Phillida Swift to talk more about this organization and raise awareness about how people present themselves on Halloween as it's around the corner. Phillida, thank you for making some time on Kelly and Company. Thanks so much for having me. So we want some background, first off, uh, on Face Equality International and why you got into this kind of work yourself.
2: Sure. Um, So yeah, Face Equality International is first and foremost an alliance. As you said, we have a membership of other not-for-profits. Some of the better known ones are the likes of Smile Train, um, who deliver cleft lip and palate surgeries around the world. Um, and we have all of our members working directly with the facial difference community sometimes people like to use the term disfigurement they provide Mm -hmm. um, perhaps surgical interventions versus what we do together is capacity build for them to campaign against discrimination stigma um, and to remove the barriers in life for people with facial differences so it's particularly kind of pertinent to me because I myself have significant facial scarring, um, which I sustained in a car accident back in 2015. Um, So this is a cause that's really close to my heart. Okay, well,
1: that's really great. Thank you for sharing that with us. Now, let's talk about Halloween. As I said, it's around the corner. And it can be a difficult holiday for people who identify as having
2: a facial difference. Why is that? So all too often, similarly to what we see on screen, like in Hollywood, is facial scarring, facial disfigurements are used as a device to invoke fear, to tell the viewer that we are not to be trusted. Um, And we so often see from masks to special effects, makeup, um, lining the supermarket shelves, at this time of year and what's really hurtful for the community is that we are continuing to tell future generations young people that our faces are something to be feared um, and it's a false narrative um it's it's ableist it's facist as we would say and it's it's dated and it shouldn't be done anymore and it's having profoundly negative impacts on the community because we see This carries on into adult life. We see discrimination on a daily basis. We see bullying where people are compared to and taunted with characters and told, you look like the Joker, you look like Freddy Krueger. And these are all slurs that carry through into into real life.
1: And, you know, I really appreciate you saying that it's dated. We need to move on. So not necessarily that, you know, it, it it wasn't around. Like we understand that it was around, but this thought process doesn't work anymore. um, And we have so much diversity to consider and be conscious of. So as you said, there's all these villains in pop culture um, with scars or other kinds of facial differences that are portrayed this way that you're talking about in this negative demeaning uh, way. Why are the writers, do you think the Hollywood writers and others so stuck on this kind of plot device and, um, You know, you already mentioned how it affects audiences, but maybe let's talk about why that is, that we're not moving away as as fluidly as we should be.
2: Yeah, I guess it's a lazy visual cue, isn't it? And when we've kind of actively engaged with directors, producers, sometimes there's been a bit of kind of engagement. So there was The Witches film a couple of years ago. Um, the remake, which featured Anne Hathaway um, and Warner Brothers, they both published you know, public statements apologising for replicating limb differences in the witches mm. um, because that caused great offence to the disability community. What they failed to recognise was that the witches also had alopecia and facial scarring. That wasn't really in any of the discourse around this. And I do think that sometimes there's a distinction between disability and facial difference. I think the world is hopefully waking up to realize, you know, we want to see disabled people playing disabled roles. We don't want to see disabled people in those archaic kind of stereotyped roles on screen where they are right. othered, where they are less than. But sadly, I don't yet think it fully extends to facial difference.
0: And yet stop and... You know, wonder why. And as as two people with vision impairments, obviously, uh, I can't see enough to notice certain things. I I only go by, obviously, what I hear, what is said. And I, I've been, always been aware of characters created, um, even as a fan of radio dramas. You know, you'll still get that depiction of the character and description and, and stuff like that. And you say, well, but just because, uh, just like a blind person, you know, we we're not all smart and running around in sunglasses and stuff we're all individuals it doesn't matter so I think where it starts is having those conversations with children we're talking Halloween so talk a little bit about why it's important to dress responsibly and what are some fun non-problematic costumes that you might want to recommend these ideas that folks need
2: yeah absolutely and I think the world has again woken up to the idea of you know, cultural appropriation. So using someone's culture um, as a costume, it's not appropriate. And this right. is also a culture. This is a community. Yeah. So, you know, there are much kind of safer options. And one of the taglines that we've used previously, which is actually not that that good is, um, you know, dress up as a character, not a condition. Right. Um, sadly, <laughs> people still dress up as characters with conditions. Right. So it's not the, the most fail-safe um tagline, but there are plenty of other things to dress up about that don't involve mimicking or mocking people's real life experiences. And those are real life experiences that can be difficult, that can come with pain. Yep. Um, and just donning them for a day as though it doesn't have any weight to it is 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 not appropriate any longer.
0: I think sometimes the most painful things are when people avoid, whether it's looking, whether it's asking a question, whether it's, you know, it's empathizing by just being just being considerate, pleasant, whatever, because, you know, something about me you're awkward with or bothered.
2: Yeah, and it's it's dehumanizing, isn't it? Very it's, much. And I think that's the that's the crux of this is that it's um it's othering. Um, people it's an othering and already othered community that just wants to be seen for their, you know for being multifaceted human beings that aren't one-dimensional that aren't scary or immoral Um, and we're not just a halloween costume and we're not just a villain or a vulnerable person
0: no how do we how do we raise that with kids? How do we get kids to, to be aware that people with facial differences are just like anybody else and uh, not to be feared or made fun of? How do we do it?
2: There's lots of different ways. Um, and one of the things that we've done at Face Quality International is recognizing the natural inquisitive nature of kids that do stare and ask comments. We've produced a parent's guide, um, which helps to, you know, Guide parents through those potentially awkward encounters where they're tugging on their parents' arms saying, Mommy, Daddy, look at that person.
0: Yeah. Um, and instead so of pulling the child away, come away, come on.
2: <laughs> yeah, don't look, don't look. Um, so how to enter into those um scenarios, find common ground, you know, just have a, a, a much needed human interaction where people feel seen and heard. Um, And then another thing, I guess, is just creating that responsibility in society from the likes of film and TV, from media professionals to quit with this harmful trope um, because it is having real life harmful impact on people's lives.
0: How do you feel with social media? Sometimes I find people rather sit home, learn stuff in their own way, their own time, and social media has a plus side to there. But we also know there's a lot of nasty attacks on social media.
2: Yeah, there's a lot of negativity, um, particularly for people with facial differences. We often see they'd rather not have a profile photo um, if they even are on social media at all. Um, And the types of abuse that is seen on a regular basis. 90 I think it's 96 percent of people have seen some sort of meme um or post that is mocking someone's appearance and Mm. so often we see content stolen and misused for click farming kind of things like it's this person's birthday and no one's wished them a happy birthday and then it tracks through to some sort of click farming thing where they're generating likes and funds that being said, it's an incredible community and it's it's such a great place to meet people that you otherwise never would have met. So often we meet people who without social media never would have met someone with that same condition, with that same experience. Um, and I do not think that social platforms yet recognize the very, again, unique experiences of the facial difference community. Right. Yep. where Whether slurs that we see, um, monster, subhuman, all of those things. They're not picked up by algorithms. They're not picked up by even human moderators. It's a real Mm -hmm. problem.
1: It is a real problem. But Philetta, this conversation is one of many great examples of um, becoming aware and becoming educated. So thank you for joining us today. And before we let you go, where can we go to learn more about Facial Equality International?
2: course, yeah. So we are across all social platforms. We've actually just launched a campaign on TikTok, um, but we also have Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, um, and we try to make our content as accessible as possible, but please do always tell us to do better where we can. Um, so we are at faceequalityinternational.org, and then our handles are faceequalityint. So that's face equality, I N T.
1: Well, thank you. We're out of time, but there's so much more we could have talked about and I hope we get you back on to chat more. Appreciate your time. Thank you so much for having me take care we were speaking with philetta swift from face equality international talking about uh halloween and how we can raise awareness of facial differences in halloween and portraying things responsibly
0: in the second hour of the program we'll flip through some quirky stories from around the globe with grant hardy on what in the world but up next to get our hour started bill shackleton with the buzz